from what I believe, there's a lot of timber rattlesnakes up there, which is really, really cool to see. Welcome to From the Ground Up, where we talk to reptile keepers and breeders about all things cold-blooded. Sit back and have a beer with us. Well, some of you are driving. If you're driving, keep your hands tended to and enjoy the show. Wait, Hangouts is going away later. Oh no, later oh, this year. No. Wow. Getting this news live on the podcast. Oh, what great, are we going right? to do? Welcome to From the Ground Up. Thank you so much for being here. Did you get a fly in your wine already? A hair. A hair. Excellent. Even better. Mm-hmm. I was going to try to do it silently, but you so, brought it up. So, com. we have shirts available as well as different reptile accessories, sphagnum moss, as well as... I lost my train of thought. I got distracted. But we have stuff on the website, Port City Pythons. We have babies that are coming up this summer. And we have a Patreon account. And it would be great if you could support us to make more of these podcasts. And this week, we do not have a guest, but we are talking about something that happened over the weekend. I went on a rattlesnake hunt. But first, I want to talk about the fact that yesterday I was on a live stream with Deadly Tarantula Girl. So if you could check out her channel and check out the live stream, that would be sweet. I think it was a little bit of a different perspective of uh, maybe contrasting to other interviews I did and uh, talk pretty uh, specifically about corn snakes. So if you guys want to check that out, and then we will probably have them on the show soon as well. We will cross it back over. So thank you to them for having me on, and I'd love it if you guys checked it out. And so, rattlesnakes. This weekend in Knoxon, Pennsylvania, there is a rattlesnake roundup. And unlike the Sweetwater Rattlesnake Roundup that we went to in 2017, if you want to learn more about that, we have a podcast about it. And we also have a very gruesome video, if you don't mind watching it. Because at Sweetwater, they typically slaughter anywhere from like 10,000 pounds to almost 20,000 pounds of rattlesnakes each year. And they're collected from, uh, you know, mostly in West Texas, but all this other stuff. And I don't want to get too much into it, but basically that's a pretty ruthless event. And this one in Knox and PA is actually a no kill event. And it's very educational. Yeah. So it's super educational base. And therefore, uh, we had a guy who just pretty much came to us at a reptile show. And so thank you to Alan who invited us out. And, uh, well, Melissa didn't go, but I went. I was invited, but if he knew me better, he knew that was a no-go for me. <laughs> yeah, that would have been a pretty rough day for you, I believe. I was after your pictures and everything and the amount of time you spent outside. I was very <laughs> thankful that I didn't go. Yeah, I definitely got sunburn and chiggers. <laughs> yeah. And <laughs> Which I've never gotten chiggers before, so that's cool. We got chiggers. Um but is this does this uh, roundup have as much like a claim as this we are? Like do many people know about it or not really? Yeah, I kinda wanna talk about the hunt first and then get into that. Oh, but like okay. yeah, it's definitely super, super different and it's a much smaller event for a few different reasons. But so Alan invited us after just 
seeing us at a reptile show and he knew that we had previously gone to other rattlesnake roundups and we were interested in things like that. So he was nice enough to say, Hey, like I do this every year. He has the permits to go on the proper land on this specific mountain. That's what finishes in it. And then <laughs> you can't put your finger up near my face. And well, we like can't, I can't do the towel. I guess we can't okay, do the gotcha. tapping thing. So, he basically had all of that covered and he lives just 15 to 20 minutes away from where we herped. And what were you going to ask? Okay. So someone asked this in on a message on Instagram and I'm wondering it too. And I don't think you know the answer, but maybe someone who's listening does. Why is the venomous snake permit through the fishing thing? Or so I think it's a little bit less of a barrier for the hunting. You need to be federally certified in a hunting course and all this stuff. So in the state of Pennsylvania, you can get a license to either collect or kill one rattlesnake or copperhead a year. So therefore what you need to do is just go to, you know, your Dick's Sporting Goods, your Walmart, wherever they give out licenses, or you can do it online as well. And basically just buy a fishing license, which has zero prerequisites. I just don't get it. Why do you have to buy the fishing if you're going? They're just, it's just a different way to tax you. But it, it's also, um, they equate it to more, I guess, more like that for whatever reason. I'm not sure exactly why it is. It's probably political semantics Something. that we don't really care for. But Okay, so you have to get the fishing permit first. Yeah. And then, and then you go and get your rattlesnake permit. And I should have brought it up here so I could have Oh, so a specific rattlesnake permit. Yeah, yeah. So Oh, I thought so it was this, like venomous. Well, um, it does cover copperheads as well, but it's literally called the the rattlesnake permit. So, And that will allow you to take one male rattlesnake that's over 42 inches. So, And if you guys don't know, and I didn't know until I went, but timber rattlesnakes <laughs> can get pretty freaking big. But 42 inches is a a well into breeding age male. They don't want so, you to take like babies? Yeah, they don't want you to take young males and they don't want you to take females. So, oh, you can't take females at yeah, all. Yeah, so it's pretty similar to the way that they use, you know, hunting for white-tailed deer. You know, the way that they're able to, those things. <laughs> to properly conserve them is the fact that you shoot bucks. You know, you shoot males that preferably are large you know they have a lot of antlers and stuff like that and so are, are male, these are males who have already had the opportunity in to the animal on. world the males are the lowest of the totem well well no they've, those, not, those older animals like, have already gotten their opportunity to pass on to pass their, on to breed genes gotcha, gotcha yeah so therefore i mean you're kind of in some cases, you're, I guess you're culling a very strong animal and then in other cases you're culling an older animal that so I get it. Women and children. You say you say women say and children. children. That's always the go to. But there's basically biologists who study this that say, you know, this is how many deer tags we give out this year. We give out so many doe tags so they can actually some people will get the opportunity to kill a female deer. And oh, really? Yeah. Do you yeah, have but to be like are, special, special to kill a female? Uh, I'm not 100 percent sure. Or do but you just pay it's more money? Definitely something a little bit special. Yeah, there's I don't think ever, anyone gets or everyone gets one, but I'm not sure what the prerequisite to get one is. And I think it varies from state to state. You know, some states I'm sure are like kill whatever because they're probably <laughs> overrun with deer. So it depends Ooh, on a state to state basis. So the state of Pennsylvania, you know, their state biologists, whatever conservation biologists, deems the fact that 
rattlesnakes can be harvested at the rate of one a year over 42 inches. Yeah. And to be honest, I think that that's pretty fair from what I saw. And keep in mind, no one was killing rattlesnakes where we were. Like, there's not, if you go to the right spot, there's not exactly a shortage of timber rattlesnakes in Pennsylvania. And so it's like you could have killed it if you wanted to. You had the permit to, but no one was killing them out there. Right. Yeah. There's no one. No one really eats them out here. It seems it's not like Sweetwater where they'll like fry them up. And it doesn't seem like there's anything to do with the skins or even at the rattlesnake roundup. There wasn't any like rattlesnake parts for sale or anything mm. like that. Like none of that bullshit that, you know, Sweetwater's full of that stuff. Right. So. There was really no incentive to do anything with the animals, and everyone was like really following the rules for real because there's other people watching you, and everyone wants to be a good sportsman about it. And it was more like seeing a bunch of guys out like for a fishing derby, okay, in a way because you're all like, Oh, did you see anything today? and then you see a guy like tubing one on the side of the road and measuring it and stuff, and so. So speaking of measuring it, 42 inches, is that the length of a normal adult male timber rattlesnake? Or like, where does that 42 inches come from? Do you know? Oh, no, I don't know exactly because I haven't seen enough of them. But it seems like that is a fully mature male. You know, that's a male that is definitely up there in age, um, definitely well beyond breeding size and yeah, so he already got his opportunity, gotcha. and you got to also count the subcaudal scales. So for this particular roundup, it has to have um, 21 subcaudal scales. So those are basically, if you guys don't know, are the scales that start you know underneath the cloaca, and then you can count those. And if it, we got we got a male that was about 42 inches, but had. It was either, I think it was 19 subcaudal scales. So that's an in-between animal to where you could consider that may possibly be a female. Really? Yeah. So even though, even though we had every reason to believe it was a male, it's not a male without any reasonable doubt. So therefore we let it, you know, we have to put it back and we, it can't get measured for the roundup. So. And you would have gotten in tr- trouble for killing well if you happen to kill you since you weren't sure i don't know it's not like anyone's out there double checking your female male thing no the, there there are the though when you submit it to to the roundup right i'm saying if you weren't doing it for the roundup and just like out there yeah i'm not sure if 21 sub all the other things are state mandated i'm not sure if the 21 sub coddle scales is i don't think so but they did say it had to be male so i wonder right. how do they expect people to be checking if it's male or female out there yeah, they must just <laughs> be trusting people to, to do so. I'm like, no one's looking at it. And yeah. I'm not sure how big females get, so maybe that's a little bit of a of a uh, determining factor as far as maybe the females are much smaller. Someone in the chat could tell me for real, um, you know, how big a female get gets and stuff like that. But but they just want to make sure that there's no doubt. So from, it's tricky. Yeah, yeah, because the rattlesnake season starts the second week of June. And then it ends August 31st or July 31st. Sorry. So therefore you only really like have a month to do it. And then maybe August 31st, but either a month or two to do it. So, and keep in mind, no one was killing rattlesnakes. I feel like we have to say that again Um, at this event. Yeah. 
So I went to Alan's house. We, his stepdad, I guess, has a quad that he brought out for us, and we has a what? A quad, an ATV. Never you know, heard, heard someone it? call it that. Okay, well, that's what I've always called it growing up. So you never call a four wheeler? No, four wheelers a thing too. Yeah, but we God. mostly call them quads. So the uh, ATV up, and then it was kind of comical too. I don't know Alan that well. And, uh, you know, I had to hop on the back of the four wheeler and luckily it had like handles, you know, by your hips that you're able to hold on. And I didn't need to like, uh, put my arms around him or anything like, uh, dumb and dumber style. I'm seeing another reason why I shouldn't have gone. Cause where the hell would I have gone in that little mixture? No, we would have figured it out. You could have gone on like the front rack or something. No, like thank you. I will not go up a mountain on the front of a four-wheeler. Yeah, well, you would if you wanted to see rattlesnakes, that's for sure. Eh, that's the <laughs> that's so, the kickers do I want to see. And he also gave me like snake-proof uh, gators, which was basically the most handy thing of all time. Because I was like, at first I was like, okay, that might be a little bit crazy for what we're doing but snake proof no. what um gators that like you put you put them on your legs they're called gators like g-a-i-t-e-r like, am i saying things wrong again <laughs> i don't know or things that you don't call but they're basically just these damn things that went around my shins just to, to make sure it. that snakes don't bite me what are they made of that they're snake proof i don't know it's just like heavy material i'm not sure it's like heavy canvas i'm not sure what's in there um, someone would probably say it's like Kevlar or something fancy, but I don't think that's intense. I don't think so, but but yeah, that's good. I'm happy because I I wouldn't want you to get bit. <laughs> yeah, and we were um, we were just basically going through, or we went up on the ATV, sorry, mm-hmm. out of sequence, and this whole mountain is like owned by a timber company and so the timber company owns the land but they must like lease it out to the state or do whatever the hell they have a thing with the state and people are allowed to be on it if you have a permit so luckily alan had the permit so we were both good to go up there and then they also built like all these wind turbines on, on the mountain, on the mountain as well. So, which is kind of funny because Sweetwater has a lot of wind turbines on too. the way out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's just a bunch of wind turbines on top of this mountain, and it's like, it's almost like there's always airplanes overhead. Like you don't know how that they actually make a sound until you're right there, <laughs> right under them. So it was super loud up there. No, it like wasn't super loud, but there was always a low hum. Okay. Yeah, it's kind of like a, a very high airplane, but so and was, they're also huge. So is that like where everyone goes to get theirs or that's just like where Alan has gone before and likes going? It seems like a good amount of people, you know, people are all going to have their spots, but this was a very popular spot. We probably saw four or five people looking for rattlesnakes when we were there, which I don't think is a common occurrence. It's only because the, of the, roundup. the roundup was literally happening happening that afternoon is when you submission was. And they were, this mountain's literally like right in back of the roundup. So you didn't so have to travel too far. It's almost like silly <laughs> that like it's happening because it's literally right there. So yeah, you don't have to go too far. But 
the way that they log it is, you know, they clear cut one part of it, let the other grow and then swap back and forth. And for whatever reason, it's just created this habitat that is seemingly perfect for the timber rattlesnakes because there's like these clear roads and then there's these giant rocks randomly like on the side of those roads. And then it's not like it's grass when you get off the roads. It's ferns. Ouch. And it's like, no, no, they're not prickly. They're just little green. But like they're so thick that you can't see your foot in front of you. So, So that's why those chaps, which is what James is calling them, <laughs> they snake chaps, snake chaps, but it was the ones that just go around your shins, but you can't see your foot in front of you. So I'm so glad I had those. It was kind of, kind of frightening. Um, how tall are so they? How tall, like to, how far up does it come? It went up to my knee. The ferns? Oh, no, not the chaps. The ferns, <laughs> they varied. So in the beginning, we're in ones that are like mid shin. And then at some point, we went to a spot where it was, like, almost up to my chest. Okay. And I had to... Like, you could step on one you, so I, easily. I needed to use the snake tongs to move, you know, the ferns over to the left, to the right, make sure there was nothing there, take a step, move it over left, right, take a step, so I made sure I didn't step on rattlesnakes. But we got a uh, we got pretty deep in there. We saw a a lot of garter snakes. Okay. Was there like water anywhere? No, not that I saw. Maybe mm-hmm. some some swampland, but really that's that's all you had. And we saw a whole bunch of garter snakes. I caught a garter snake, which uh, sounds easier than it was just in the in that environment where the the whole ground was a hide because those ferns were so thick. Yeah. It like, it makes you think how snakes really live. (laughs) Like they are in like, imagine us being in like the thickest redwood forest of all time of giant trees. That's like what these ferns were to these little Carter snakes. Perfect for them. Yeah. And I couldn't see them. No one would see them unless you're beating around those ferns. So it's not like you're flipping. You know, it's not like our normal herping where we're like flipping rocks or flipping. Like there's no flipping. It's just. He said that that kind of like behavior, which herpers usually do, is actually discouraged and usually looked down upon. So they're not moving anything. Um, They're not flipping rocks, doing anything like that. And all the rocks are too big to flip. So we're looking for like transient males that are out looking for females and are probably going, you know, to different dens, or I don't know if they're hiding in these rocks for certain periods and then coming out and then looking for females and stuff like that. But but they ended up, like, just pretty much being in the ferns. Hmm. But, and, you, ne- but you still never found one that was big enough, which is surprising. Yeah. Yeah, and that's probably just because... Maybe because we're we were late in the in the coming up to the mountain. I mean, it was the day of. Maybe people were there before. I'm not sure because not many people even submitted snakes since we were, you know, while mm-hmm. I was there. But I think it's also just you got to get so lucky. You have to get really, really lucky just to catch a random male walking about. You know, not walking, obviously, <laughs> but uh, but crawling about. And most of these people weren't going as deep in the ferns as we were. They were literally just, you know, 
just moving around just the moving ferns stuff. within like five feet of the road. So they weren't really trying all that hard, and they were still they were still finding, finding some, finding some, um, just because from what I believe, there's a lot of timber rattlesnakes up there, which is really really cool to see. The fact that this roundup happens every single year, although none of them are kept or killed at the roundup, certainly some people could do that right. later in the year or at different days. But I don't know. Everything, they just seem to be coming out of the bushes, literally. Well, that's good. That means that the roundup's, you know, not having an effect on the population or any of the, you know... And what also blew my mind is how laid back timber rattlesnakes are because no one gets bit during this. You know, there's guys like drinking beers and hanging out and tubing rattlesnakes. And yeah, so in order to measure them, you got to tube them. So if people don't know what tubing is, you just basically have a cylindrical tube. Mm -hmm. Um, The one we had was like like a heavy plastic. And I know there's some glass ones, but... So do you like put it in front of it and wait for it to crawl in the hole? Yeah, you essentially you try your best to have it just crawl in there because obviously snakes like small spaces. So hopefully you can guide his head in there. And then once he starts going in, he'll go all the way. And then you hold them before he goes through. And Why wouldn't you have one side closed? I'm not sure. I was curious so of that I can't myself. can't go through. Yeah, we would need to ask some venomous people. Some venomous people probably think we're idiots talking about this but but everyone had to tube the animal in order to measure it and to count the subcaudal scale so you have to make sure your tube is longer than the longest possible rattlesnake right because you wanted the whole thing to fit in the tube right no 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 oh. because only about half needs to go in the tube just as long then as you can you secure that head it? so it doesn't go anywhere and how are you measuring it um well hopefully you have two people it makes it a lot easier to measure them but yeah, it's strained out from the tube. That's all. And then you just. You but if half of it's tight. going crazy. Yeah, no, it's really they are not going that crazy. Once they're in the tube, they they're pretty calm for whatever reason. Gotcha. And so all these people are doing this and no one gets bit or anything happens. Like that's a testament to the animals. I are think. you using just like a regular old measuring tape? No, or yeah, or did I think you only we just had a regular measuring okay. tape. Okay. That's yeah. so weird. And thank you, Steven. I saw that early or earlier. And thank Thanks, you for getting Steven. a shirt. I appreciate it. And also thank you, Ryan, for your adjustment to our shirt that we saw. I don't know if everyone else saw. I don't I'm not even sure what you're talking about. Uh Ryan Cox put a great story the other day. He was like, Oh, I love this Port City Pythons forest ruler shirt. Really comfy. Really like uh, really like the fabric, but uh gotta cut the sleeves off. Classic um, so, Kentucky. Yeah. Classic Kentucky. No, yeah. Ryan does that. So true. Just classic <laughs> boy for the most part. Yeah. Most boys like uh, cutting those sleeves off. But sorry, completely cutting those sleeves off. Completely changed subjects. Um, so you're tubing it. You measured it, and then like, are you bagging it? Yeah. So everyone has these. Um, they're like containers that if you go to a restaurant or food service type of place they'll have like these cans of vegetable oil. They usually put like the old vegetable oil in it. Can't imagine. And I don't know. So it's basically this oil can, but it's not like, it's not like motor oil or gasoline or anything. It's for vegetable oil. 
and basically they cut holes in those and they use those and they strap them to a backpack. I, I wish I could not imagine this. this at okay, all. Okay, so so Alan has this thing. Um, there's a backpack that he had, I guess, for a weed whacker. Okay. It was it was either a leaf blower or a weed whacker, but it basically went on a backpack. So he just took like the backpack part and then somehow got this oil can, this vegetable oil can onto the frame of the backpack and then made a little place for you to put your tubes on the side of it as well as so your you measuring like device. So you put your tube and it like falls in the thing? Yeah, yeah. It's like a holster for your little tube thing. And everyone had these. Like It's like everyone made their own little contraption that is perfect for uh this okay. you're gonna need to specific. ask him to send you a picture i'm not yeah it's gonna be it's hard to imagine the only thing i have like even close to it is remember that episode of scaled where they made a backpack it was like one of the right. first they made the backpack catcher and that's the only like if we knew greg and chris before they did that i would have showed them the this, one, oil. This, was, <laughs> this was like ingenious in a way and i think i think maybe a lot of people People do that. Maybe that's a common thing in uh, rattlesnake hunting, but obviously we don't really do that. So we wouldn't know. So that was kind of interesting, the ingenuity of that. The amount of people who told you congratulations because they thought we were getting a venomous snake is very surprising. That means they don't know me well, well enough. You need, you need that permit also to get a venomous snake. So, But I think a lot of people are telling you, like, congratulations, because they thought we were getting one. I was like, why do all these people think I just let him get this? There's no way we will ever, ever get a venomous snake in our house. Maybe one day. Nope. Nope. Okay, back to what we were talking about. We were talking about the contraption to put the snake in. And yes. then did you ride with it on your back? On the, no, back down no, the it was just strapped to the to the ATV. And you feel like it's completely like. Oh yeah, we had like snake hooks, snake tongs. We had a bunch of things. No, no, in the back, like you think there's no way it could could have gotten out of that backpack. No, no, Pretty... it it's obviously like a screw lid. So you kind of got to be an idiot to to mess it up. <laughs> but I mean, I'm sure someone can figure it out. But it's also kind of a deep like reservoir in the way that a timber rattlesnake like these are some thick snakes they're not exactly the most uh, agile yeah i don't think it would sneak out i mean i'm sure it definitely could but i mean a bunch of things would have to happen you'd have to be to a total out. idiot for it to go wrong so okay but we didn't even get that far so we didn't put anything you got anything in there right yeah so it was probably about 45 minutes in or so, and we pulled over to a rock that Alan had found snakes at before. And we did the same thing, just going through the Around ferns. It. And mm-hmm. yeah, and then I just hear like his tongues go and then like a slight little rattle. And I was like, oh my God. Like I did not, at that point, even though it was only 45 minutes in, I was like, there is no way this is how you find a timber rattlesnake. There's no way that I just go on the side of these roads and start beating ferns and find a timber rattlesnake. Well, that's not, it's not like you're just on a normal road. You know, there's things that set it up for that to happen. The mountain and how they cut it and do this and that, you know. But it's still crazy. In 45 minutes in, you found the first one. Yeah, when 
it was also 58 degrees out. It was that cold up there? Yeah, because it was early in the morning. So it was 58 degrees, and we're also at elevation. So we're at like 2,500 feet, which isn't a crazy amount, but it's still elevation. And actually, the timber rattlesnakes do really well in elevation. So it's not like you won't find them at the bottom of the mountain. Okay. And he picks it up. And to me, I'm like, this is the size of like an adult female ball, like a large adult female ball python. And I'm like, holy shit, I didn't know that these, like, I've seen plenty of cane breaks or timbers in zoos and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And this one, like, rivaled the size of those ones. And this wasn't keeping size. <laughs> and so I was kind of surprised when we took him up. And all I was trying to do was to crawl away. Like, there just seemed to be a super, super... um kind of quiet, want to be left alone, runaway right. kind of a snake. And they're not very fast, but, you know, they're this hardening. this one wasn't, it wasn't defense posturing or doing anything like that or showing any type of defensive aggression or anything like that. So it was super cool to see it. But unfortunately, I was like, damn, I can't get that quintessential rattlesnake picture with it. In the Action. defense coil uh-huh. and the rattle in the middle going, going. And eventually, Alan tubed that one. He got it up. We measured it. It was like 41 and a half, 42 Ooh, so if you stretched it out. But then the subcaudals thing, we were like, okay, then that's, that's the deal breaker. Because it was probably just about 42 if you wanted to submit it. So... But obviously, subcaudal scale is not enough. And so he held or he gave me the tube, which is fun. Uh, I probably won't post those pictures because people, I mean, are. Wow, I need to see these pictures. <laughs> no, no, I showed you. Um, so it's just, it's just me holding the rattlesnake in the tube. But I know that for whatever reason, even though there's a bunch of just random guys out here doing it. Mm-hmm. If I posted that up, I mean, someone would tell me I'm doing it wrong or someone Something. would tell me it's dangerous or someone would be like, that's a bad example to set for kids or something. I don't know. But I could tell you that we were under control the whole time. And it was very like, it was almost surprising how, how well they were as far as working with. I mean, they were so workable in so many ways. And then, we measured him and everything and we just put it back and he like barely even crawled back anywhere he was just going you slow just like and... dump it up. like how do you no 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 we just we just pull on one side and pull from the other and get him out the oh tube. you pull him out yeah yeah i mean i didn't i didn't <laughs> alan did yeah oh i thought if you just like tip no it, no and then out. you pull him out to a certain extent and then once the head is Cause he was like stuck in the tube cause he was fat and he was, oh, he was like, he was, he was bigger than the tube. So he had to, you know, get out a little bit first and then put him <laughs> on the ground and then like, and then whip it out, whip it, <laughs> whip it out and get, you know, out of the way of it, which wasn't a big deal because the snake was completely calm. And he said he just kind of ran away immediately or. Yeah. He just ran away slowly. <laughs> like he didn't even care, but 
I mean, at that point, my day was just made. Made just off that, the first one in 45 minutes. Yeah, and they come in two different phases. So if you've seen canebrake rattlesnakes, like a lot of them, especially in the more southern ranges, are much more tannish brown. And then as you get up north, a lot of them have more black and heavy black coloration. And at least here in Pennsylvania and probably other places, there's black phase and there's yellow phase. And at first I thought, oh, so that's going to mean that the animal's more yellow and the animal's more black. Well, that still happens, but not necessarily. So black phase, yellow phase is determined by the color of the eyes. So oh. the, the yellow phase is going to have yellow eyes, and then obviously the black phase is going to have black eyes. And there's no saying that the black phase, you know, with black eyes is going to be the blackest animal. So I thought that that was interesting. Did you see a lot of both? Um, On the mountain we were on, there was only predominantly black animals. And I didn't look in everyone's eye. (laughs) But the, the the two that we got really close to, they were both black eyes. Okay. And uh, black eyes and predominantly black bodies. And but when I went, ended up going down to the roundup, I saw the opposite. You know, I saw ones you that saw were all the other ones, ones. And, right? And with heavy pattern and stuff like that. So after we found that first one, we went beating through ferns for another like four hours, five hours. Though we found that first one probably at like 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. or so. And then it had to have been twelve thirty by the time, and we didn't really see. You found another one. Yeah, and then one o'clock, we were on our way back. We saw a bunch of guys. We saw a guy tubing one, and he said that there's like a small female back there. They'd seen a bunch of them, and huh. so we had missed. We yeah, had missed ones luck. that they already saw, and then, and then we keep on going down the road further. And keep in mind, it's probably about one o'clock. Is the heat of the day. And I don't know if this was one who was disturbed by someone else, but uh, this proposed or we believe to be a female was just crossing the road. So we were driving back and just saw one crossing the road. What makes you believe it was a female? Subcaudal scales. Okay. We didn't count them, but it was was smaller. Yeah. It was far shorter than what would have been deemed a male, at least from what Alan could see. So. So he's like, yeah, we can tube it if you want to. And I was like, no, no, don't worry about it. <laughs> and this one, it. luckily, cool. this one was mad. So What do you mean luckily? <laughs> luckily that it was just crossing I, the road and you didn't choose it? Yeah, well, I think maybe just because it was crossing the road, it was warmed up. So therefore, when we came upon it, it was immediately it got a little bit defensive. Oh, okay. So it started curling up, it started rattling, and then it got into like the perfect defensive rattlesnake pose. Oh, so is that the one you posted the picture of today? Yeah, yeah. So that's the one I took pictures of and I took video of and I took a lot of video. So I filmed the whole thing. So there'll be a YouTube video eventually after I edit all of it. And uh, there's a lot of footage to go through. So, but it was just an amazing experience to be that close to an animal that is so so unique to this area i mean rattlesnakes are only found in the americas and then to be a timber rattlesnake it's 
was, you know, America's first national symbol, kind of like how I talked about it on the Instagram post. But so before the bald eagle, actually, the timber rattlesnake was the national symbol for America. And that's why you'll see it. I believe it's still on the army um, emblem. Oh, I didn't know that. The snake or the uh, the timber rattlesnake. But it's also obviously on the Gadsden flag, the don't tread on me flag. And Ben Franklin, for whatever reason, just loved timber rattlesnakes. Yeah. And he loved it because it was a symbol of something that is not defensive until you start messing with it. And then once it gets defensive, it never surrenders, right? They just keep on you know, doing their thing, rattling and being defensive and they don't give up until you die or you go away <laughs> Some, or they die. One person surrenders in right. whatever form and it the snakes, is. Yeah, the, the rattlesnake doesn't really give up. So that was a symbol for America and it was also on the join or die flag. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of just a symbol of uh, just a very, very unique resilience or unique animal determination and keep in mind that it was they were much more widely spread throughout the northeast and then i believe it was 1800s early 1900s there was bounties to kill as many rattlesnakes as you could What? yeah and that was predominantly you know very common in new york which is a place where they're you know very very uh at least rare. And I'm sure they're coming back to a certain degree in the Catskills. And I've heard of people seeing them, you know, around where we're from the Hudson Valley and stuff like that, but they're very, very uncommon. And I believe they're considered either endangered or threatened in New York. And they're also, uh, they're extinct, I believe in Vermont, or maybe there's a small population in Vermont or they're somewhere in that it may be uh, in New England or, so where are they most occurring? Yeah, I was talking to to Ryan Reed about this, and he said that they believe that, I guess, besides the, the, the cane breaks, which would be like down in Texas and stuff like that, which seem to be doing decent, the, the, the timbers up here, the, it seems like Pennsylvania is kind of the hotbed for them. It's one of the only places where they're as plentiful. That's interesting then that, you know, considering this might be where they have the most, that the limit is still one per year. So I'm assuming no other state allows you to get more. I'm sure that there are states that don't have limitations at all. Really? Even though they might have less? I don't know. It depends how states are run, you know, just like, you know, we've been in Texas and they don't care about protecting any reptile let's be honest they just don't care there's zero bag limits on atrox you can do whatever you want i don't think there's a season for them it was just free free reign and i don't know i don't know if that's species specific i don't know if that also applies to to cane breaks or by the way i think taxonomically they're the same thing came cane breaks and timbers but most people believe that they're different so when i'm saying timber Typically, I'm talking about the animals to the north, and then cane breaks the more southern animals. But that's so. I don't know. I don't know enough about that space to uh, 
to get to into that right. argument. It'd be interested, or I'd be interested to see like a breakdown across the country of like you know limits on these this specific. And so also to that, so you you got the specific rattlesnake one in Pennsylvania, or is there other permits for each? State. At least. No, I'm saying, yeah, in Pennsylvania, are there, like, I mean, is there a cop? Oh, no, you said it includes copperheads. Uh, I'm trying to think of another one. Uh, so you could also bring a colubrid into the roundup to be measured and weighed. What? Yeah, so there was a black rat. There was a black racer. And oh, I thought it was just a rattlesnake one. No, they tried to get, um, they try to get, like, a few different species. Just, they also had a water snake just so they can actually carry those around and have the kids touch them. And, you know, obviously, the, well, not obviously, because at Sweetwater, they let you touch the rattlesnakes. <laughs> but uh, They wanted something for the kids to have up here. To yeah, touch yeah. So they had a black rat. and. So do you need a permit all for all that stuff? stuff? Those two? Are those all separate or no? I am not 100% sure. It says on the permit, but at least in the roundup, you're given one snake, I guess, to put in. And what was cool about that is that the kids got to see different kinds of snakes. And also the colubrids were kept separate from the rattlesnakes. And the colubrids were actually kept in a like little wooden enclosure inside of the snake pit in quotations that they had, that, which had rattlesnakes and copperheads in it. Um, and that wooden enclosure had water in it and they were pouring water in there to make sure all the snakes had water which i thought was really really cool so i guess we are moving on to the roundup itself so after the hunt ends pretty much realizing like how cool this is how many snakes are here and seeing everyone just pumped up to find snakes which is something that is so foreign in a way I never imagined I would see people excited to pick up a timber rattlesnake and tube it and measure it and do all that and just find them it's it's kind of weird because yeah it's just not a reaction that that you typically see other than in other herpers so to have the people in the general public do that is kind of fun and to put in perspective Noxon this rattlesnake roundup is put up for their volunteer firefighters so it basically goes to giving them gear and different things to help the fire department. And Noxon is a town of like 635. So obviously it's not a huge event and it's not something that's very nationally known, but there are guys who do like hunt for all the roundups. They, they will hunt rattlesnakes every week and find a male and bring it to Noxon, or they'll enter a different roundup for a different week. They all occur during the rattlesnake season. And same rules apply. One male, 42 inches, 21 subcaudal scales. And so there's guys who hit all the roundups. So there is some spillover from different places, but you can kind of tell that people knew I wasn't from there. Like people stare at you and stuff like that, but everyone was nice and there's no... There was no like negativity towards snakes at all during the event. It's much different at an event like like Sweetwater, where the whole event is made up to like 
it's not all made to be scared of snakes, but that is kind of the general outcome just because you're killing so many snakes there and just the, the, the general attitude of the whole thing. So I walk into the Knox and Roundup and I mean, it's pretty much, it's kind of like uh, the crowd was, was interesting. It's a little backwoods, small town type of thing. And so obviously there was like, uh, I don't know, things that would make you uncomfortable. Most definitely. <laughs> but but everyone, everyone was really cool and everyone was in support of the snakes. And there was, there was like one of those traveling animal exhibits, which had like a forest cobra and a Burmese python. I don't know. I didn't go in there, but they had a Burmese what? python they were handing to everyone. And so that was kind of separate, a separate thing to where um, they had a truck and they were kind of getting a crowd. And then there was the pit. And the pit is, like I said before, is where your copperheads and your timber rattlesnakes are. And people started submitting snakes at 1 p.m. And they just bring snakes in one by one. And if you see the the snake pit at Sweetwater, there's like thousands of snakes in it and they're kicking snakes around. Right. This one, there's like, it's like 40 square feet and there's like three snakes in it. <laughs> so, so even though the fact that I guess they didn't have a lot of snakes to show off, it actually, I think it was better off for the animals and everyone still got to see some cool snakes. So I thought that that was cool that the snakes weren't crowded and nothing crazy was going on. And the guy, I believe his name is Bill. He was doing the education for the show. He was actually really good. Like he wasn't spreading any fear. He did talk about like his bites that he's taken. Okay. But he did mention the fact that, you know, I still have all of my fingers and he got bit by an Atrox too, which is the worst one. His timber bites were very, very laid back and, but his Atrox bite was pretty decent overall though. I mean, I believe his dad had been doing the PA roundups before. So it's like a generational thing. He's been doing it forever. And that's how a lot of these guys were. Get into it. Yeah, like the guys who are hunting and doing that, it's because it's a family tradition for years and years. And even though we do see that in Sweetwater, it's different, man. When you're taking one mouse snake and none of them get killed. And then killed. releasing it. Yeah, and, and they release it. They actually put paint marker on each and every one of them and give them unique markings so that the person who caught it can literally take it to the exact spot that. I was just about to ask, are you expected to take it back to the same spot that you took it from? Yeah. So you have to take it back to the same spot that you took it from. So yeah, you can't just go release it on some different mountain. And also what's, what's cool about when they submit snakes is that they have a grad student from East Stroudsburg university, like a herp student. And he is, he's taking all of the, the animals and he's swabbing them for snake fungal disease. So snake fungal disease, well, that's because there's the internet. We're not, we're the guest. But snake fungal disease has been going through populations. I mean, I believe it's been seen in garter snakes, but I know it's been particularly hard hitting to the timber rattlesnakes in the New England area. So they found a bunch of ma in Massachusetts. I know for sure they have found fungal disease, and for whatever reason, this fungal disease is causing the animals to get disoriented in the winter. 
and they will actually, for whatever reason, they'll come out when they should be brewmating. So the snake will literally come out of its den, even though it's still the winter, and basically freeze itself. Does it just throw off its like temperature receptors or? <laughs> I have no idea. I mean, you could think like it's heat pits. I mean, the fungal <laughs> disease question. affects that area, but right. I really, really don't know. I don't know if anyone does know. I'm sure there's people who are, you know, all into researching that. And obviously this kid was too. I should probably find out who it was, but it was a grad student and he was, he was taking measurements and weights and swabbing for fungal disease while every animal was coming in. So I found that to be like a cool aspect to where he's getting a survey of the local population of snakes and using, you know, this event that's happening anyway to do so. So I thought that was really interesting. And they don't, they don't act like they're giving venom to like any venom labs. They don't extract any venom there. Oh, really? None. Yeah. They don't do any of that stuff. So, you know, they don't try to sell you that, you know, they're doing any type of good by doing that. But, but I wish they would be, or I wish they would actually, you know, partner with. Well, you can't because oh. they're just sanitary issues. That's oh, yeah. why, that's why no one would ever take venom from, from sweet water. It's a dirt floor, like oh, gotcha. establishment. Gotcha. There's no, no one's putting up any there's labs. There's no control. There's no labs. That there's are, no, yeah, there's no sterile environment. They're just using saran wrap over a damn cup and it's a whole thing, but. This one was just yeah. It was honest and upfront about what they're doing, and they're not you know they're not doing anything terrible or harmful to any of the animals. I'm assuming there was no uh, pageant queen for this one. <laughs> like, there was no Miss Knox, and at least <laughs> who knows? I was only there for a couple hours. Things may may get weird after. <laughs> um, Alan was saying since it's like you know the whole town celebration, it's usually people show up late at night and. All like the firefighters and stuff, they all get drunk and go crazy. Oh but, gosh. So it's made So there might be a different side to it that you don't know. It's just like no, I don't think they fuck with the snakes at that point. But I think they just they just see it more of as a they celebration. Party. So there might be a Miss Noxon, but she's not uh dipping her hand in snake in blood, snake blood. <laughs> and putting it on the wall like the Miss Sweetwater. Yeah. Isn't that crazy, man? <laughs> We try. We keep trying hard not to like make this a shit on Sweetwater episode, but it's hard not to compare the two. But this roundup gave a really, really good example of what could happen at Sweetwater. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, it won't have that like impact that will get people from all around the world to come, because for whatever reason. People no, like, there's no pizzazz to the Noxon one. You people, know? you know, people like to watch a car crash. People like to see snakes slaughtered by the thousands. I yeah, suppose. it's pizzazz. Unfortunately, it's it's entertainment for a lot of people, which and, is very sad. And it's sad that because this is a safe, clean event, that it gets less attention. But also, I don't see that they care to build it. They're not. Anymore. Yeah, they're not trying to. Uh... Yeah, it's like it's it their own bigger. thing that they've been doing in their towns forever, and it's a cool tradition. And I mean, you don't need ten thousand people to come and <laughs> and go to it. I don't think, but but it's nice that they're all like sportsmen about it, about the the rattlesnake collecting and hunting. And 
And did so, you talk to people? Like, do most people keep snakes or is this just a thing they do? You know, it's funny because, you know, I could hear like the one or two guys talk about, like, yeah, my boa is that big, you know, like trying to tell people that they're in the snakes too. But there was none of that, like, ew, kill it type of negativity about it. People were just literally um, interested in learning more. So, well, that's good. Um, but yeah, I guess I thought in my mind, most people would like keep snakes, but there doesn't have to. It, it's probably just like a fun thing. It's like, it, yeah, it's a thing that they do every year. There's a little carnival for the kids. Okay. So, so I guess Alan said that they start on Thursday with the carnival stuff. And, you know, they have bouncy castles and stuff like that, which I'm sure is a big event for uh, for the kids there. Mm-hmm. Are you okay? Mm-hmm. Um. <laughs> um, Melissa's trying not to throw up, guys. So, so <laughs> the pit was a little bit. Uh, there was there was a copperhead in there, and I think it, it may have actually been Bill's snake. To be honest, the the educator. I think he may have brought it because. Um, I don't know. I would say copperheads are probably a little bit more rare in that region. And it was there when I got there, which is before submission started. So I think uh, the educator Bill just brought a few different species just to make sure that they had diversity. Obviously, like I said, to show to the kids and stuff like that. And there was also like some news channels or small town news channels there. And it was just a cool event to, to get to film and get to hang out at. And, uh, I guess we are coming up on our hour. So we're going to do just an hour tonight because clearly Melissa's sick and we had a super busy day. I'm glad we just made it on time to do this. But uh, so, yeah, Knox and Rattlesnake Roundup was a it was a good time and it was a nice um, we need to support things like this. We need to support events that. Even if I understand how disturbing. Oh, there's the hiccup. Okay. Oh, Jesus. Um, I don't know what he said. <laughs> Dixie, shh. Uh, we're sending a snake off today, so that's exciting. But as usual, Port City Pythons on Instagram, Port City Pythons on Facebook. PortCityPythons.com. Our first snake should be hatching in the next... 10 days. Thank you so much. And it's gone. And I need to go.